guys. Welcome back to season two of the dual cast. Uh, it's been, <laughs> man, to 2019 since we recorded last, and it's 2022. <laughs> um, obviously, there's been a lot of craziness going on in the world, and uh, pandemic, you know, that's, that's just what happened. Uh, but also life, everybody, you know, uh, I just had a baby. So, and yeah. I, I think everybody here has a baby now. Now yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been pretty crazy. So how's everybody doing? Doing good, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, second, let, let's introduce the new host of Dual Cast, uh, Esteban. So Esteban, you want to do Esteban or X? <laughs> Uh, we we could do X. That's fine. X the animal. Oh God! Do not right, bring so that. <laughs> X the animal. All right. All right. So X X is the new host. Uh, he's an old friend of ours. We've been friends for such a long time. So I'm pretty sure he's not gonna have any issue with just jumping in and talking and just hanging out with us. So no man, excited to be here. It's it. I've been a listener since episode one, season one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me uh, off the cat pod that you've been listening to our podcast and stuff. And so that's good. So it's going to be easy for you to jump in. Um, so how's everybody? Brian, how you been? Yeah, I've been doing good. I have a baby also. Since yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody here has a baby. So it's going to be really <laughs> interesting. We're definitely going to get talk about that too. Like how it is uh, to game with a baby now. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> So, but yeah, so everything's good. You know, I think you told me you got sick one time. How many times have you had COVID? <laughs> I've had it once. Had it once. Okay. In 20... But you got it in the beginning, early in the beginning. Yeah. I had it pretty much exactly a year ago. I had it. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but you did good. You're, you know, you have your taste buds and everything, right? Uh, kind of. They're like, kind of. Are, are you still having issues with smelling and taste buds? I'll just say, like, things don't taste the same. Like, there's certain oh, things man. that don't taste how they used to taste. So it's pretty weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't know if everyone has experienced that, but I have. Yeah. So I had COVID uh, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Me and my baby. Oh, no. Yeah, we both had it. Uh, it's hard to take care of a baby while you have COVID. Yeah. Because <laughs> she couldn't go to daycare, so she had to stay with me. and. I had to take care of her, so it was interesting, but, you know, we were both taking naps together. A lot of naps. So, They're the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Esteban, how's it going, man? How's it? How's life? Good, dude. Good. Life's been good. Even through uh, the pandemic, I did get COVID once, and I swear, I swore that I got it again, but I got <laughs> tested, and it, for some reason, came back negative, so. Yeah. Glad about that, but, um, yeah, we all had it in, in our home. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't really go out anywhere except the groceries, maybe. So, you know, it's, it's the whole thing of uh, trying to figure out where we got it from, but then just letting it go because you just get really pissed off in the end. It's just you don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we're doing good now, and yeah, just work and gaming and yeah, hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad everybody's healthy and good, and so we're back. And uh, we're uh, doing a little bit of a change up. I know before we were talking about more like 
uh, events that were going on every week. But now we want to kind of change it up and do, you know, now that we're kind of all really busy, we have kids and jobs and like, you know, we just, we wanted to make it a little bit more fun for us as in not to make it too much of a work kind of situation where we have to be keeping up with, with events that are going on and that. And so, and then one of the things that we really got into recently um, is retro games. You know, we really got into retro games. Uh, I think uh, it's been something that's actually helped me out a lot. Like, I, I just enjoy, and especially the way that I play them, it's just, you know, made it a little bit easier for me to play games. So I play uh, my retro games on uh, this handheld. It's a retro handheld called the uh, Ambernick RG351P. Uh, and I definitely want to kind of talk about that more, maybe in another podcast. But let's show our uh, let's show our, our handles. You got yours, yeah, 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 I got, got it right handle. here, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brian has a Vita. Uh, Esteban has the RG three fifty one MP, right? Yeah, yeah, the MP. Yeah, and I have the three the RG three fifty one P. Oh, you got the grip and on so, it. That's cool. And he has the grip, yeah. And he made me a grip too, so that's. I'm gonna enjoy that for sure. How, how, did you 3D print that? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. It? And the, the best thing is it was free. Um, someone on <laughs> posted it on YouTube. A Everything's link to it. Best is free. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's modeled exactly after the Xbox 360 controller. So the grip on yes. it is amazing. Mm. Like it just it feels yeah. so good in your hands, and it it fits really well. In so, it, so. How, how does it how does it attach? Like, what is it like clip or is it like a sliding thing or? Um, it's supposed to fit snug, um, but all okay. I did, it, it wasn't kind of like, snug, but all I did yeah. was I have two felt strips on each side oh, nice. that keep it snug. So now it doesn't really, it won't fall out. Hey, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah, man, it, it, it does help a lot because I, I, you know, the game that, I'm not going to mention the game we played, but not yet, but uh, I was trying to play that game on, on that <laughs> thing and it. It was cramp. My hands were cramping up, dude. I haven't got big hands, man. Times. We can't. We can't be like, <laughs> yeah, using dude. little bitty devices like, with these manly hands. Look how, look how this thing, dude. Like, that's imagine. Cool. And so, Mine's it, not, yeah. I mean, this is that's pretty. I have you're, small you're, hands though. Yeah, yeah you have yeah, little you baby do. hands. You I have can. small hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't change. So, how did you even play guitar, Brian? Yeah. That'd be funny if Brian shows his hand and they're like little hands, like little baby hands. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the questions I wanted to ask y'all guys is, uh, so what's your experience with retro games? Like how, uh, you know, what do you know? Did you grow up playing a lot of like older games like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, or, you know, I think me and Brian talked on the first episode yeah. of how we got introduced to gaming. So Esteban, you can start off first. Like, how did you get introduced to gaming? Do you have a lot of experience with, like, older games? Or did you start off with the newer stuff? Um, so I was, I was semi-sheltered growing up. So I didn't get a lot of exposure to retro games and stuff. And I think the first video game that I played was this, like, educational one that was an MS-DOS-based <laughs> game on Windows 95. Like a long nice. time ago, my first <laughs> computer that we ever got. Um, played the heck out of those stupid games. And then <laughs> sometime in middle school, I got really good at trading, you know, trading items. I had like a little uh, mini disc player that I traded for a, 
a Game Boy Advance. And what? I, I mean, that disc player was probably worth more than the Game Boy Advance. Who knows? But huh. got my hands on that and uh, borrowed a few games. From I don't some know, friends. man. Game Boy Advance is now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's worth a lot in like. Like how much time you put into it compared to like a CD player, whatever yeah. ones that you had. Yeah, the mini disc players, like no, nobody remembers those anymore. Um, but I went from that to, I think I traded it for something else. Uh, I was really good at trading. But another, uh, sometime in, maybe I was 17 or 18, I finally bought my own console. Uh, the PS2, play the heck out of games on that double may cry snake eater little gear um and then other than that i would really just borrow games or i'd go to friends houses and play games or i would borrow my cousin's playstation and play the pizza hut demo on that um yeah so <laughs> as far as retro i i don't have a lot of background in it um which is why i'm excited that we're going to talk about it now because I, I feel like i have a lot to learn and just discovering games too just sounds really exciting for me, um, especially retro games because I, I know those classics like they they hold a lot of fond memories for a lot of people out there. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Brian, so what's your experience with retro games? Yeah, I mean, I think we we talked about it a lot. Uh, I think like the first game I remember playing is like Contra, probably with my dad from for the NES. And then, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, a lot, a lot of those games. So I played a lot of the, like, uh, like mainstream kind of fun adventure games. Because I, I usually hear a lot of people talk about, like, the RPGs back then. And I don't think I was smart enough to play them. Like, uh, Fantasy Star on Sega. and Even, like, when, you know, my... F- Probably my favorite game series you guys know is Final Fantasy, and that was on the NES, and that was on the Super Nintendo. I never played any of them, so uh, that's kind of what, what, how I like retro games now, is going back and playing games from the series that I enjoy now, playing the older ones. So, like, I would like to play all the Final Fantasies and pass them. I'd like to play the old Metal Gears, you know, the yeah. ones that were on NES and stuff. Uh, Zelda, I love those games. So I just finished like a link to the past, like uh, two years ago, probably on the Switch Online, which is cool. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of like my, I guess, why I like playing retro games now is just playing a lot of those games that I kind of missed out on that I didn't really know. But they, those games have evolved into games that I love currently, right? And so I want to play previous versions of them. So it's kind of like, my motivation for it, I guess. And Metroid is one of those, so i talk about it later. Yeah, nice. Yeah, um, man, I think the first game that I remember ever playing was, like, Pitfall on the Atari. Atari, yeah. Yeah, and, but I didn't, I don't, my brother, older brothers were the ones that were playing it, and then I played it for a little bit, but I never put a lot of time into it. And the same thing, I think our next console we got was, like, the Sega. We did Sega instead of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then I got, like I said on the first episode, I got I ended up getting, like, a Game Boy Color, and my dad took it back in a week. <laughs> I didn't even get to keep it for very long. But I had uh, uh, the Zelda. Um, which one's the one on Game Boy? Uh, the, um, uh, the 
uh, what is it called? Uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening. That's the one that I had. Uh, and I really got into it anyways, but like when I really got actually played games and passed them was more on the PlayStation 1 uh, when I was really putting all my effort into them. So those older games, I never really played them long enough for me to actually like pass them or even remember everything about them. So uh, that's why one of the reasons I really started getting into retro gaming now. So like I started playing like the first Zelda, the first Final Fantasy, the first, like, I started going back and just looking for all the first ones that started these franchises where yeah. now they're like, you know, Final Fantasy, Strange Paradise, or what's it called? Stranger or what? Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, Str- Origin. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, <laughs> what, what, what? It's it just is. crazy, like, okay, they're basing it off Chaos. the first Final Fantasy. Chaos. Chaos. Um, <laughs> they just keep <laughs> that's so bad that's it was bad ridiculous trailer. yeah anyway and so yeah so I just I wanted to you know start playing all those games and then I started listening to a lot of podcasts also too like retro podcasts and so they were just kept talking about all these games like they would talk about all the first Sonics and or like uh, River City Ransom they were talking about uh, Streets of Rage they were talking about um like the first Tales games and stuff, and and all these games that I was just like, what? That's crazy! Like I, I never even thought about it. Like, of I I remember seeing River City Ransom, the game. Uh, I saw one of my neighbors playing it, and I never knew what the name of the game was until I looked it up and I started seeing screenshots of it, and then I was like, oh, that's what that game was, dude! Like, it was so, I remember it so like, like, like it was yesterday, but. <laughs> Uh, but it yeah, was a man, long time just, ago. It was such a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, man, that's I. I think that's gonna be really interesting, really fun. So, what um, what we ended up doing now is that we decided to go ahead and we each put in the game, and we kind of put him into like what is it called, Brian? That thing that spins. Uh, a randomizer. Just, yeah, like spin the wheel randomizer. Yeah, and so we ended up putting our choices into the into that you know that on the internet, and, and then we and then we ended up choosing Metroid Fusion for this week, uh, and that's gonna be our topic for the week. And so uh, we're gonna be we we all played it for one week, and we're gonna talk about who passed it, who didn't pass it. <laughs> I didn't pass it. I didn't, even though it's only a five hour game, <laughs> according to. How long it takes to be? I forgot what the name of the website is, but it's according to them, it's only like five hours. I'd probably say it's more like ten hours. I would say for hundred percent completion, eight. I could see ten hours. Yeah, Esteban said, "What? How long did it take you to play?" Uh, mine's about almost five hours, maybe four hours and forty-five minutes so, or yeah. so. Yeah, I only got like maybe thirty percent of items, so that's not not much. I'm definitely a completionist, but I decided. For these situations that were, like, I actually looked up a lot of videos on, okay, how to complete games, like, when you have a long list of games to play. Mm. And uh, apparently, like, put it on easy mode. Uh, you know, don't try to collect everything. Don't do all the side quests. Just go through the main storyline and just get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... It's like total opposite so that, of what you do. Of what I do, yeah. I, every time I go to a section and there's a side quest, I finish all the side quests before 
I've even started the main story. And so it just takes forever to finish a game when that's <laughs> the way you do things. So anyway, so yeah, yeah. So then I I tried to do this with Metroid Fusion and man, I still couldn't pass it. That's crazy. So <laughs> it's hard, dude. Anyways, before so yeah, yeah. It is. So okay, so before we finish we get into it, uh there was one more thing that I wanted to kinda ask y'all guys. I know even though we're, we're trying to get away from talking about main events, like things that are happening, current events, I, I just wanted to bring it up. So how do y'all feel about uh, Microsoft buying Activision and Blizzard, dude? Uh, dude, I think it's like the biggest... Yeah, it's probably the biggest change in gaming. I think it's going to affect... Oh, I don't think we're going to see the effects right away, but... Like, I know probably none of us really play, like, Call of Duty, but I think that's a huge deal that Microsoft owns Call of Duty now. It's, like, the number one, like, franchise, console game franchise, like, in the world. So now imagine, like, uh, now that's only going to be available on Xbox, right? So I think a majority of people... I feel like it's just a perfect storm for Sony, right? Because no one's been able to buy their new uh, consoles. And people have been trying, but then this this happens, and a lot of those people, like a lot of those people, still don't have consoles, right? So, but now that Call of Duty is now on Xbox, uh, it's like the window on Sony is closed for a lot of those people. So they're like, "Well, I can't get one. Call of Duty's not even going to be on it." Well, my, and then Xbox, you guys know, has Game Pass, which is like the biggest, like tempting thing because it's just like a netflix for games so and that just got bigger so i think it's a big deal i really think people are saying some people are saying like it's not going to affect playstation 5 but i think that call of duty combined with all the bethesda games that are going to come out combined with like blizzard games i think it's kind of like adding up and so i think sony's window is growing really tight really fast and people and you still can't buy their consoles right so they're just like hurting themselves Yeah. Well, it's like you're saying that people are saying that, oh, it's not going to affect Sony. Dude, Sony's stocks went down. The stocks went down, yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's so different. It's that's affecting like, them for sure. Yeah, but stocks sometimes, like, you know, they do fluctuate. It's such a knee-jerk reaction, right? And those aren't gamers that move the stock market, right? It's shareholders that see that, okay, there's more games. And I don't think the stock market 100% reflects what actually happens, but I think this time... That's part of it, and yeah, it's a, a good sign of yeah. A couple of the uh, the YouTubers I follow, um, gaming YouTubers, and a couple of articles I've read actually bring up some good points about Microsoft having a chance now to uh, for all those studios that uh, you know they acquired uh, for them to kind of clean house, make things better as far as you know workplace harassment, all these terrible things that you find out about these companies that. You know, yeah. the, the work crunch, um, the, the mental health of their workers, you know, going down the drain because of the work hours and stuff like it could it could be for the better that, you know, Microsoft has a chance now to to help make make a lot of lives easier and better, you know, because and some of the things that you hear from some of these studios, it's like I feel bad now for playing this video game because like it's almost like yeah. you hear like if you hear that. Uh, a kid from a sweatshop like made your iPhone or something like you, you'd feel bad using it like okay I don't want to use this technology anymore <laughs> you 
you know, yeah. all the all the all the tears that went into it, and and you know the stress and stuff. So yeah. oh, hopefully they can they can uh, help with that issue because I know it's it, it's it's almost in every studio now, even the ones that you would think that no, oh, I wouldn't do that. Like you know, they make great games and they're mm-hmm. they're not like Activision, they're not that big, and it's just it's kind of rampant in a lot of these studios. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the reason is because like video games is such a young like industry, right? And people are now realizing like how huge it is. So that's why it's changing from like developers who make games because they love making games and telling stories like in the NES days and the SNES days. Now it's turning into like now they're making games to make money for their shareholders, right? Because their shareholders expect okay, we invested all this money into your studio for this game. It has to make the money back. And yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think definitely that's what you're saying about the work conditions. And I've followed the, the Blizzard thing pretty close, uh, like what happened pretty much over the past year. And like, uh, yeah, and I was talking to you guys saying that I kind of stayed away from Blizzard games. Obviously, that's anyone's choice, right? But uh, this. Microsoft getting them it just ran I didn't think it was possible but like it gave me hope for like that studio right like man well now I know that hopefully leadership will change in the near future and so like gives you kind of hope that they can have a good place and you don't feel terrible for like playing their games so yeah yeah well I don't know man I still like uh, Final Fantasy 7 more than well yeah, <laughs> I don't know, if, but I guess if y'all jump on it, I'll jump on it. But, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I had already been thinking about how about going ahead and just buying an Xbox instead of getting a PS5 because yeah. it's so hard to get a PS5 right now. But yeah. you know, I've just had a PS5. For, I mean, I've had PlayStation's yeah. consoles for a long time. And they've always been my preference. And I've had an Xbox before, but I still just yeah. prefer PlayStation. And a lot of the games that I play are very... Most of them are on PlayStation, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely... I do really like JRPGs. You know, uh, they're just... They're more my style. That's more what I, I find entertaining and what I like to play. Uh, and so... And most of them are going to be on PlayStation. They're not yeah. going to be on Xbox. Yeah. Um. And dude, it's just that even the sales model for the consoles is just so much user-friendly or I guess like customer-friendly in Xbox because they also have the Series S, right? Which is the weaker system, Mm -hmm. but it's so much cheaper and you still get all the like, you know, advantages that the Series X has. And Sony just like can't even buy their cheaper console right now, right? Like the The digital only. Yeah, the digital only one or like the smaller storage terabyte one. Like, dude, it's yeah. just it, it's just such a like like I just say I feel like it's like a window that is closing on Sony. Like, I think in a couple of years, like like why would you buy a, a Sony if you can't play Call of Duty, you can't play any of the you know Scott, uh, Elder Scroll yeah. games, you know? So it's it's a weird thing. And, and I love Bethesda. Like, yeah. Dude, Fallout, Skyrim, I mean, uh, Elder Scrolls, like, yeah. those are my games. Those are my, like, I spend 
hours on those games, dude. And a lot of people do. Yeah. And I never beat them. (laughs) But I spend hours on them. Yeah. And I like them a lot. And so not to to know that they're owned by Microsoft, it's just like, uh, well, I'm sure they're still going to put them on PlayStation, but I'm I'm probably going to have to wait like a year for them to be on PlayStation. I was going to say, I'm sure they don't want to miss out on the PlayStation money, like from customers. But at the same time, no consoles are being sold. Right away. Uh, that's but see then that's the other thing right like i understand it for ps4 because there's so many people that own ps4s but when you think about ps5 there's not they can't even make enough to to sell right yeah. to sell to people well, they're so saying, they're saying that they're making ps4s again yeah they're making more ps4s to make like, a, oh gosh for the ps5 i'm like but nobody wants a PS4. yeah they want a ps5 oh dude so uh, that's why like yeah, yeah. I get the argument, right? Of like, you get that market, but bro, yeah. nobody's buying PS5. <laughs> you can't find them. So, like, I don't know. So, it's interesting. My, so, if y'all guys can get your hands on a console, y'all ha- let's say y'all have the money for a console and y'all want to get a new one, but you can't really get a PS5, would y'all be willing to get an Xbox Series X or an S, whatever? I don't even want to get a disc. One, I want to get just a yeah. disc list and, uh, and just be like, okay, everything's going to be like, you know, digital now. So might as well just get a digital only console. It's going to be cheaper and they're available. Yeah. And then the other thing about, uh, I guess, dad slash adult life now is, uh, I mean, I personally don't collect, uh, disc cases anymore or discs like physically i know they look cool whenever you have them on your shelf and stuff but i don't really do that anymore my wife don't let me anymore <laughs> yeah it takes up too much room probably <laughs> but that's kind of where i'm at now it's just everything digital i'm holding them with my dear life dude like <laughs> so i have to check on them every day like are they still there <laughs> but as far as what console i, I would say an xbox um I mean, especially wherever you guys go, especially I, I am a big believer of, you know, you, you go where your friends are, um, yeah. unless you're playing single player games, but then again, like you're, you're going to want to play online at some point with some friends. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm going to go Mike, if I'm going to go Xbox too, though, I might as well just spend some money and get me a really good gaming PC. Steam Deck's coming out too. Garbage. Dude. <laughs> It's like a mini, uh, it's like a handheld PC, uh, gaming PC. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I, I actually. Like a Switch XL. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's just the way I see it is that I guess because I know how computers work. And usually, you know, you buy a laptop, it'll last you for like a couple, maybe a year, two years, and it's going to be outdated. Yeah. And I feel like with a Steam Deck, it's, you know, it's eventually you're not going to be able to run the, the good games on it. You're just going to have to be running indie games only. I guess that's a kind of a good point, because when they make games for consoles, they make them for the current console specs, right? Exactly, yeah. And I guess when you're talking about PC games, they're not going to keep the PC uh, specs in consideration because they're like change. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I, and 
it's like you said, like, uh, you know, whenever you work with developers or publishers, you're like, hey, these are the specs. Your game has to work within these specs. So that's what you have to work with. And when it comes to the Steam Deck, like, you're going to be able to, you're just going to play games that are on the Steam library. Yeah. And on the, yeah, and on the Steam library, you, they're all over the place. You know, you're, they're you PC don't know games, if your so. computer. Yeah, exactly. So to me, that's kind of like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, if somebody gave me one for free, I'll take it. <laughs> of course. For sure. Free. Well, and I think like the handheld, like it depends what you want to do with your handheld console, right? Like, uh, I think playing like retro games and those smaller games is, is good, right? On handheld, I think if you want to play a big epic game, sometimes people just want to play a monitor. That's the well, difference. That's the, well, that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about too. Like, we're parents now, right? And I think the most convenient way to play now is handheld. Yeah. Yep. It's not convenient to sit down in front of a TV and play a game on your console because most console games, the save point is going to be really far away. And your kid's right around the corner needing for you to feed them. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Well, also your kids, you, my kid anyway, she watches the TV. <laughs> so, yeah, and, it, it, that's, and that's the next thing, you know, like once they get old enough to where they can watch TV, you know, they're going to just want to hog the TV and you're not going to. And, and then for you to be in another room playing a game while everybody else is, you know, either in the kitchen or in the living room watching TV. Yeah. Like it feels kind of weird. I think it feels a little bit better to just be sitting next to them with a handheld, <laughs> which is still like kind of weird. So not actually be there. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and you're like on the game playing. But it, it, it's good but, that you bring uh, that it's up. It's just more convenient. Because um, I actually was thinking about mm-hmm. that the other day. Like, it's just, uh, well, to, to me, it's funny that now that I have this handheld, like, retro gaming device, um, you know, I've never, at least when I'm playing at home, I don't put in headphones. I don't turn the sound up. I just play with the sound off. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, I want to keep my wits about me. You know, I need to keep keep yeah. an ear out for Jace. If like, I don't know if I should say her name on a podcast or not. If Randall like gets up and goes don't. to the kitchen or something, uh, you know, it, I want to be able to be aware and like, you know, keep an eye on him, uh, but still play my games. So it's kind of like, even on console, like if you're playing an RPG that's like intense, you know, has a really good story and dialogue, and it's like can't really focus on it too much unless you have headphones on or something. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you have to balance it out, and it's just mm-hmm. I, I haven't really found a sweet spot for that like especially for playing rpgs or intense single player games actually my favorite thing to do i really enjoy final fantasy one like it's crazy how it uh, a lot of people are like oh you know it's kind of hard to play you don't really get into the story man i don't know what the heck is going on in the story all i know that i've been just grinding like crazy (laughs) i just go back and forth until i'm my i can one hit everything (laughs) And that's how I know I'm strong enough to move on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and I just sit there and I'm grinding and I'm like playing the game with one hand because I'm moving with the thumb and then I press, <laughs> keep pressing A to attack and I don't have to use two hands and I'm watching like a show as I'm playing the game. <laughs> because like, I don't really care about the story because it's like Final Fantasy 1, like chaos, you know? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need to know. You need to destroy the chaos. 
And so I actually enjoyed it because I was like, I could still do everything else and play the game and I don't have to have the sound on. I don't have to hear anything like because it's the same music, battle music, you know. And so I've actually really enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah I think I want to. I want to invest in another handheld that's a little bit smaller where the where the 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 D-pad and the A and B button are really close to each other so like my <laughs> thumb doesn't have to go so far oh, to press and I can just play with one hand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I I I definitely really enjoy the handhelds now. Even even like sometimes I'm like okay, I'm going to put it down and I'll pick up the the switch, switch and I don't yeah. even play it on the TV. I just I still play like yeah. handheld. Mm. Just it, it works. It, it, it's actually easier to play that way. The only reason why I would get anything like a Steam Deck is not really to play computer games, but to stream my like PlayStation, uh, PS Play, or like to stream like Xbox on the handheld and while it's in the room and I, I don't need to be on the TV. I could just play from my handheld. Mm-hmm. That would be the only reason why I would want something like the stream, the steam deck, you know, uh, I will say as far as being a dad and gaming, uh, Sasa, you're, you're probably at the best point right now to where it's easier for you to game while being a dad right now jace how do you know man <laughs> i've been there no i'm just kidding uh right now jace is at the point where <laughs> he sees what you're seeing and then he notices that what you're holding in your hand is controlling the action on the tv and he's like i want that and then he yep. throws a fit if you don't let him at least press a button but then if you let him yep. press a button he throws a fit if you don't let him just take the whole controller and start playing himself yeah <laughs> yep. well that's why that's why you have to get one where you can play with one hand and then hold your chair <laughs> with the other one. Stiff arm him. Stiff arm him. Pushing him away. <laughs> yeah, like his, your hand in his face. <laughs> now, I, I get that. And that's why I'm trying my best to play as many games as I can possible right now before that happens. He's fruit that Also, like, two, yeah. Like, Vivi turned two a month, two months ago. And so, like, uh, I think if I, the way I have my office set up is like, I have this TV here and then she is actually a TV on the wall. And so like, and I have like her table with like toys. So like I have made it to where we can be in the room together. And if I need to work, I can work. If I want to play a game, sometimes it works. She's still not quite there. Right. She's still kind of like, oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but I think as I think as they get older too, they'll kind of like, you can kind of have that being together and you can kind of do something else if they're occupied. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I'm finding a bit of a sweet spot. I don't play, I, I don't really play a lot of games on the TV. I'm with you guys. I'm all about the Switch and the Vita. But I think like if there's like Final Fantasy 16 is coming out maybe end of the year or something. So like, I think there's a certain game that I'm looking forward to. Like, I could probably get away with playing it, obviously, when she's asleep, maybe even a little bit. While she's next to me, we're hanging out in the same room, so. That's going to be like a 60-hour game, though. So. <laughs> but, yeah, you just got to play it when everybody's asleep just, and sacrifice. I just got to, you know, get my priorities right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, have to, 
you have to put what was mostly important first. Brian's like the play tester <laughs> as far as like dad gaming goes. Cause you, you know, you, you got yeah. the oldest kid and I got the middle kid. Yeah. This also has like the yeah. youngest kid. So, you know, you, you'll relate yeah. to us what worked for you. I'll tell Salsa what worked for yeah. me. And then Salsa, you're on your own after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's about, I we, totally know what you mean with the controller thing. Like, and you know, the PlayStation has the blue light on the. Dude, back. he loves that blue light. <laughs> yeah. He loves the yellow the light on light. the actual console and he goes to press the power button. No. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know. I, I was through it. I know. <laughs> That's why the console, like, I play, when I play PS4, I don't even play it in the room anymore. Like, I, I, I play it on my laptop. I, like, just mm. do play oh, PS1. Yeah. I mean, PS uh, Play. Oh, cool. And so, yeah. So anyway, but like, we just got rid of our dining table mm. and created like a play mm. pen area for my daughter, even though she can't even crawl yet. But <laughs> like, we're like, okay, now we can just like lock her up in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just her space to move around and yeah, and we can... We don't have to be like, okay, we're holding her the whole time while we're trying to cook or clean up or something like that. But uh, it's going to help for those situations. But my daughter goes to sleep pretty, like, she starts to go to sleep like at eight now. Mm. I don't know if that's going to last forever. She's probably <laughs> not going to go to sleep. It's going to go in and out. At eight. In and out. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I think every kid's different, though. So we'll, hopefully I get lucky, but we'll see what happens. All right. Any any other comments about uh, handhelds? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, it was funny as I was looking into possibly getting a switch, uh, and then I found this handheld. So I feel like this is gonna hold <laughs> me over for a little bit. The Switch is pretty sweet, man. Like I I don't enjoy it for the Nintendo games. I enjoy it for his indie games. Uh, okay. Because I buy a whole bunch of indie games for like two, three dollars, and I really like them. Like, I, there's one game that I'm playing right now. It's called Moonlighter. Hmm. Nice. And it's really, really, really good. One, one and thing I got it for three dollars. <laughs> one thing I I will like comment on the Switch that I feel is overlooked a lot is the fact that you can you can take it right. And you can have it in handheld, but then you can remove the remotes and it still be handheld and you put the screen somewhere and play like your hand separated. Like I know it's kind of like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but like I remember holding Vivi, like she was sleeping on me or something and I would like take the remotes off and I could have my hands anywhere, right? Like behind me, under her, and I could like still play. So honestly, that's a pretty sweet feature that I think targets overlooked sometimes. <laughs> like you're trying I to comfort awesome. her while she's like had a nightmare or something. You're like, come here, baby. Yeah, and like, like you're holding both controllers. Yeah. So like, come here. <laughs> still play that. You're looking at the screen behind her. <laughs> Just move a little to the left. Yeah. There we go. Wow. Come here. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Just, yeah. This is my little thing I've noticed about it. <laughs> That's an amazing that's idea. A great actually, note. That, that I'm so glad I don't you think that's that. gonna fly in my household. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have I'm a pretty sure my wife. I, I have a picture of like when she was a little baby. I don't, I don't know, but but she was on my lap, and I, have, I took a picture because I put the that's black screen like on top of her, and I was holding her, but with the remotes on my hand. So she's like holding wow. the screen. Wow. Wow. But uh, yeah, I'll find the picture. I actually. I was 
I was feeding the baby one day and I was playing. Like, I, I didn't have to hold the bottle up. Like, I kind of propped the bottle up a little bit yeah. with, like, a towel underneath it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I was playing the game with my other two hands. <laughs> and my wife walked in, me walked in, and she looked at me and she was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, like I'm multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's great. Great. Yeah, it works. Yep, it does. All right. Well, let's go to our main segment and get down to the nitty gritty. Metroid Fusion. All right. So we uh, we we spun the no. Actually, this one we decided because two Brian and Esteban both had it on their list. And I was like, you know what? Y'all both have it on your list, so let's go ahead and, and pick this game. And uh, so, uh, guys, talk to me and tell me why Metroid Fusion was on your list. What it, what was it? Uh, nostalgia factor, you know. It's it it's it's crazy how much nostalgia makes a game better than what it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but in this case, it to me, it still turned out to be just as good as I remember. Um, the music, the the controls. So whenever I, whenever I started playing Metroid Fusion, uh, it was my Game Boy Advance. I, I think it was I was a freshman in high school because uh, I hadn't traded it yet for something else. So I started my Game Boy Advance. I had Metroid Fusion, and I remember whenever I first started playing it, you know, it has very fine controls, um, all the maneuvers you can do and everything, and the aiming. But I was so stiff, like at aiming and stuff, and I'd go through levels really slowly. And then once I got to the first boss, I'm like, no way I can freaking beat this guy. Like, I can't even learn the patterns. It was so hard. And uh, but after after you get the hang of it, it's like I felt like a pro gamer almost, like doing all these maneuvers and like pressing the L button to like aim up or at an yeah. angle and like charging the beam. And it's just oh, it, there's so many good memories with it. Uh, because it's one of the first, I guess, uh, what is it, 16-bit or just, you know, that, that, that type of game. Yeah, the, the, the graphics of it is the first game of... The graphics on the Game Boy Advance, it looks, it looks really, really good. Yeah, it, it really does. Even the small details, like, and I don't know if you noticed, but, like, if you're staying still, like, Samus is actually breathing. Like, yeah. shoulders are going up and down. I'm like, dang, that's such a good detail. Um, but I just remember, like, it was the first game like that that actually made me scared. You know, whenever mm-hmm. you run into the SAX for the first couple of times and I actually like yeah. would like be so tense, like trying to get away from it. Um, but yeah, it was one of the first Game Boy Advance games that I played all the way through and beat it and just felt such such a sense of like accomplishment. Um, and it just it, it left pretty a, satisfying. Yeah, it, it left a really good feeling like, wow, I, I beat all these bosses and I, I beat the game. I had no idea who Samus was. No idea she was a girl until I died for the first time. I'm like, oh, that's a girl. Okay. <laughs> you know, her, her uh, armor falls off. Um, yep. But, yeah, it, a lot of good memories. With Wait, so was Metroid Fusion your first uh, Metroid game? It, it was. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then after uh, Metroid Fusion, I, I looked it up, obviously, and found all the other games that came before it. I hadn't played them. Uh, still to this day, haven't. But Metroid Fusion is... Uh, and I guess that's that's the cool thing. Even 
even not knowing the backstory, not knowing who Samus was, like the game still kind of had an impact on me. So that, that, that's my backstory with, with Metroid Fusion. Uh, I, well, the first time I saw Samus was in Super Smash Brothers. And I thought she was a mm. dude too. <laughs> and then, so that was my first exposure to, to Samus. And then when I saw that she had Metroid, Metroid Fusion came out. I think my friend had it. And then I, I played it, but yeah, dude, like that. It's about, I don't know if you felt that, but like, I felt, I felt like she moved really fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you start, you start jumping and moving and like, cause you're kind of used to like Mario, which yeah, you can run in Mario, but you like jump on people. So there's kind of like a, it's got like a bit of a more blocky feel. Yeah. And like in, in Metroid, like dude, she, I feel like she moved really fast across the screen and like the way she, ju- and like the twirl when you jump, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it just sounds like so much is happening. Right. And then you know, the footsteps, like, and she, and then I like, I like the movement because it's kind of slow. It's a quick ramp up, right? Like it's a, she moves quick, but it's like a, a the first step is like kind of slow. And then like, she just takes off after that. So I think a lot of those details, dude, like you're right. Like, I think you hit it on the head. Like again, has such great details. It just felt like such a head and shoulders above a lot of the game boy advance games I had played. Oh, I can't sure. really think of a Like to me, honestly, Fusion is my favorite Game Boy Advance game. That's kind of the reason why I picked it. Zero Mission, the next one that came after Fusion, which is a remake of the original. I liked it, but Fusion, I just, I love that game. Um, and that's one how you said, like, it was your first Metroid, and it was my first Metroid game, too. And the, I think the secret to that game is that it's very approachable because of the way it's laid out, because it has mission style, right? Like, you Mm. know where you're going from one point to the next. And, like, it's creating... And then you have that... You know, the reason why Fusion is such a weird game because people don't like it because it is mission style, but because they're fans of the old Metroid and Super Metroid. But it's approachable for a lot of people who play the first time because it also creates, right? Like because it's more scripted, it can create those moments with SAX. Like you can't yeah. do that on an open explore game, right? Cause uh, with this, you're kind of on a path and then that path, you stories building, the tension is building between you and SAX. So it just makes it so satisfying, dude. Like at the, the ending, like you get that last fight with SAX and then uh, it, it's just so good. I mean, I mean, it's, and even I was talking to this also, like, I didn't finish it this, like, this is probably like my fourth or fifth time playing it, dude. I've gone back and played it. So I didn't finish it this time because I had just played it like last year or sometime. Um, but I think like, uh, it, it's just got such cool moments, man. Even playing it again, I just appreciating a lot of, a lot of things in it. So Sasso, tell us, tell us your. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, dude, I enjoy Game Boy Advance games. Like, I think the Game Boy Advance is like the best at the handheld that has been made. Um, other than retro handhelds, which you can play any game on, but like for it to be what it was at the time, it was like great, dude. Graphic wise, it was awesome. Uh, I love the fact that they put a whole bunch of Super Nintendo games on it 
Yeah. Um, it just gives me a chance to be able to play those games again. Um, in a handheld mode, and they tweak all the like the things that were they did wrong. I guess in the first time they did it for the NES, and they made it better on the the Game Boy Advance. Um, but when it comes to Fusion, um, it's not the first Metroid game I played. I played Super Metroid before, and I played Metroid for before too, but I never passed any of those games. Um, like I said before, like the first when I when I was finally getting serious and passing games was mostly on the PlayStation One. Yeah, uh, but I did play those games before. But I enjoyed uh, um, Metroid Fusion. It was it was it's a good game. I'm not gonna lie, it's not my style of game that I like to play. I'm more of a RPG kind of person. Um, I've never been uh, much of those platform uh, games before. Like the, I really just don't get into them as much as I do uh, like RPGs because I like the story on RPGs. I like the fact that you get time to think before you make an ag take an action with these kind of games you gotta be quick and and make decisions quickly and not your dad you know and so i'm not gonna lie i cheated and i used the slow motion ability on my handheld <laughs> and that and that's how i was able to beat some of the later bosses uh because i was just like what the heck like i can't beat these people <laughs> like they're just you know like my fingers are too fat <laughs> Um, like, and then my hands kept getting cramped up. There were situations where I had to like put the game down for a little bit and come back an hour later to be able to finally pass it. Uh, because it was just like, I kept dying and dying and dying and I wasn't able to pass it. And so I put it down, came back an hour later. My hands were like iced down now. And so, you know, so I was, I, you got uh -huh. the, so you got the full experience of the game. <laughs> the way you're supposed to experience it <laughs> but, but i should yes. get the disclaimer and to sasa's credit the handheld that we use at ambernick oh them uh, sure. suckers are small like well, not super small Smaller, but they're, yeah, yeah. they're smaller than like a game boy advance so it's hard that's why like i, I 3d printed these grips um because it's so yeah. much easier on a grip dude. i i think i think i would have had the same problem in the game boy advance yeah oh you think so <laughs> hey, game boy game boy Advance. yeah i mean it's, it's a hard much. game. It is a hard game. Like it can be really hard. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah. what's funny is like, I think it's even. I think it's too hard if you don't have like save states. And stuff. <laughs> like that's. I remember oh. playing it and like, if you don't save at every save and you die and you need to like go back to like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's no. There were situations where, there were situations where when I was fighting boss. Uh, like some of the later bosses there, like, you know, you beat the boss first and then it turns into that little gooey thing with the circle in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have to kill that thing right after you just finish killing the boss. And that thing and can then, get you sometimes. I know, and that annoying. thing will kill you, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then I'll, what I'll end up doing is I'll, I save before I start <laughs> fighting the boss. If I beat the boss, I save right after I beat him yeah. so that if I get killed by that stupid thing then I can just jump back in it like but I don't I try not to do it too much only when I know that okay I keep dying so yeah, yeah. if I do get ahead I need to hurry up and save I gotcha and I, so, I can't I can't fault that you know you you wanna yeah. you don't want it to be to the detriment of the experience you know if you're not having a good time then what's the point um, 
Yeah. I, I do love Metroid. Even, even if you did, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, uh, no. That's what I, I love about it. Metroid Fusion, though, is, it, you know, I know, Sasso, it, it, it wasn't easy for you, but the, the way that, to me, it presents everything, the movement, the combat, it, it like Brian said, it, it ramps up. So that kind of trains you to react to certain things and to react quicker yeah. and quicker yeah. with the more abilities that you get. And it, what's interesting is, to me, is that the story I didn't really understand too much, except for you know the immediate context. But what I, what drew me in the most is the combat, because I was thinking about it like I don't like platformers much either, but just the movement and like the combat and just getting trick shots or just you know just getting a a, a charge beam and through a little crevice just at the right time and so it was just so satisfying. Yeah. Um, and the ambience too. That the ambience was really good in that game. Well. I'll, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call it a platformer, right? It's a 2D side scroller, but it's not really platform because you're not really like jumping platforms, really. It's more of a like action side scrolling combat. But you have to jump off of one wall to the other side. And then whenever you finally cling on, which I, I'm so happy that you have the, the ability to hang on the edges of, yeah, of, yeah. of the platforms. And then you pull yourself up, you turn into a little ball to get into a little mm. hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand what you're saying, Brian, but I consider it a platform. <laughs> I guess it's it's, 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 fair, it's yeah. a fusion of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah, it, I mean, you, it, I mean, you have to use elements, uh, right? Of uh, side scrolling. Uh, 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 yeah, I would call uh, Mario a platformer. I I don't know if I call. But give Mario a cannon, and the what is he? The same thing. Sam, he's Mega Man. He's Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> Mega Man is a platformer. I would say that. Dude, that has that got spikes. That's why I say you can fall and die. <laughs> That's true. But uh, yeah, man, it, I definitely had to slow it down to beat the bosses and stuff. But uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Like, like I even though I didn't beat it. And even though we're doing a podcast again, like already, I I do want to go back and finish it before. Mm. How far you know. did you get on your first yeah. in this playthrough? I got to the uh, or at least what boss what was your last boss that you fought? The last boss I fought was the this the one that was like a. It stopped the power because of its vines. Mm. And uh, like the elevator wasn't working and the yeah. doors weren't working anymore. I actually. I Right after the <laughs> spider. After the who? The spider. Okay. I That one, dude, I, dude. I, I, I was on the spider for two days. The spider, bro. That is. It took to me, me a while. To me, that's the second. Yeah. Spider, spider well, you know how is a boss, spiders. man. That's a hard boss, dude. Honestly, yeah. Uh, that's probably one of the, oh, man. I think Fusion has some of the best bosses. So I've played Super Metroid. I've played it. I beat it, and I played Zero Mission. And I think Fusion has some of the best bosses. That and I know you haven't fought them, Sauce, but Nightmare, like that. A thing that's floating in the background controls gravity. Like every now, and then, oh yeah, do the gravity guy. 
and his like face starts melting. Yeah, that's freaky. That's oh, a freaky. Oh, that's setup. where that's where I left off before fighting him. Uh, okay, I, I think you would have had a really hard time beating him. He, he controls gravity, so whenever He's you try so- to fire missiles at him, they just fall straight to the floor. It's a really cool effect, <laughs> but it's hard yeah. as heck. It is. So, it's tough. And dude, even like you were talking about the crab tank. I like that boss for some reason. It's such a cool, oh, like, yeah. it's a cool encounter, right? Like, it's, I don't know. I, I really, I think it has the best bosses. And then obviously the, the SAX fight. Oh, that's the one. Oh my God, dude. It, I had to look up guides for that. Cause the way that it's, the way that it fights you, yeah. like you can't do a corkscrew attack because it'll cancel yeah. out and like, it still hurts yeah. you. Uh, yeah. It's really hard. I, I think the hardest boss for me though was the pterodactyl it would have been okay even, ridley yeah, yeah it, it would have been even harder though if i didn't have turbo buttons because all i did mm. was i stood in a corner <laughs> and i angled my cannon up and i just fired missiles with yeah. turbo like until he died but i i died like <laughs> six times before i finally got him down to you know the little the yeah. little sh- uh, shell or whatever thing that floats around yeah the ball um but yeah that was a hard boss What's cool about Ridley is that's like the main bad guy for not main bad guy, but it's like kind of, of the other games too. So it's cool mm-hmm. to see it back. Yeah, but Ridley's Ridley's hard too. There's so many good bosses. I really enjoy the boss. Well, and and not to yeah. well to link it back to atmosphere. That boss Ridley, whenever you first see him, and it's like, it's yeah. like a, it's like an ice sculpture, and you're like, oh my god, what is yeah. that? Like you can't you can't that? get to yeah. it yet, but you see, and like, am I gonna have to fight that thing? And then you finally yeah. get to the ice, the the ice one, and then it crumbles and melts away. It, and you're like, yeah, it falls apart. Yeah, and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, okay, so that was kind of creepy. But I guess someone had to fight it. But yeah. then later on, you have to fight it anyway. It's like, <laughs> it comes back, yeah. It's just the, the game's really good at like, uh, what's the foreshadowing things too, and like mm-hmm. you see the shadow of something in the background, and it's gonna be a boss later on. Or, oh, dude, it, that's probably one of my favorite things about. I love when you walk into that that section and that mm-hmm. that shadow in the back. And you're like, yeah. well, and it gets like you go back to that sector a couple times, and it gets like faster and louder. Like every time you go back, it's like, or like the map's happening? all destroyed because it, it like it messed, yeah, messed up, the, messed up the map. See, and that's that's another thing. Like when you see those destroyed sections, it makes you think, which of the things that are hunting me did this? Was yeah. it the SAX? Was it the robot tank? Was it the the shadow? Yeah, thing? like it's just. It's so cool how like kind of like plays with your with your mind and stuff. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, I love the ambience in the. Yeah, you definitely you definitely give a uh, Samus credit, like give her props because she's like the only thing they're trying to kind of like to help <laughs> yeah. and save. <laughs> yeah, and everything else is really trying to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm just like that's being in that situation just like gives me gives me anxiety. I'm just like, oh gosh. Yeah. It's, well, it's and, crazy. And that game, like, it's, I, I think the guy who made it, his name is uh, Yoshio Sakamoto. So, Sakamoto, like, his thing is all about, like, fear and creating atmosphere. Like, we're like, that's his thing. And that's the thing that he links Metroid to, because even the original Metroid, like, you know, you have Mario, right? Mario was also see the Nintendo game side scrolling platform. And it has, the music of Mario is super like happy. Yeah. And then like the same, same, same console and Metroid comes out. It's just like, dum, dum, 
<laughs> like it's just this weird like that's his thing like he, to him metroid is is creating those kind of scary eerie things yeah they definitely used all the capabilities of the game boy advance yeah uh, to to make this game like really good like everything like like you were saying about you know the shadow of that thing in the background while you're going through the level you're like okay am i gonna run into this thing <laughs> and you go through that area like twice until on the third finally on the third time you're gonna fight it but you just see it like flying around in the background and you're just like oh god like when am i gonna when is it gonna, gonna kill me <laughs> you know? Well, I, I have two distinct memories, like, I guess, fear memories of that game. The first one was whenever uh, the SAX first explodes onto the scene uh, and then looks directly yeah. at the camera and like looks at you yeah. and it's like these creepy eyes. It's all green. And I'm like, oh, that's creepy. And, and it actually gave me chills like back in the day. The other one was, uh, I don't know if you got or Sasa, if you got to this point or when it was in the game, but you go up to this terminal and there's a scientist standing at it and i was like oh there's someone alive like is there dialogue in this game like can i talk to this person so i go up to him and he goes you know you get hurt and it turns into like a monster (laughs) like oh jeez that that part scared me too it's just it's so many good fearful memories (laughs) with that game too it just scared scared me a couple of times yeah (laughs) that's like that's like really it's really cool when you see that scientists right because it's the first time you see any first person alive so human you're like, <laughs> yeah you're like dude this is like a special story moment yeah or something. yeah I thought he was behind the whole thing kills like, <laughs> like the, the wizard of oz like the, the man behind the curtain or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really cool yeah it uh <clears throat> like i said man i definitely want to go back and play and finish it off because mm-hmm. it's just it, it was a good game even though it was hard even though, you know, I had to take breaks, even though I had to slow down, you know, to be able to fight the bosses, like, I was entertained. Like, it, it's never, it was never like, oh, I'm I'm over this game. I don't want to play it anymore. Like, like, I enjoyed it. It was a good game. And even if it wasn't my kind of game. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I have a few, like, things that I looked up that I thought were interesting. And I, maybe I could just, I'll just say a couple. And if y'all want to, like, chime in, mm-hmm. is that okay? We do that real sure. quick before we finish. Yeah. Uh. So, dude, like, Fusion, like I said, it's kind of like the like the uh, Black Sheep of the Metroid series. Um, and you guys know that Metroid Prime, the GameCube game, is like, everyone loves those games. Yeah. Right? Waiting. Like, Metroid Prime 4 to come. Dude, did you know that Fusion and Metroid Prime released on the same day? Really? Wow. Released wow. on the same day. They released two Metroid games the same day. And I think that kind of hurt right fusion because like dude which game are you gonna like kind of play or prefer or like more like dude first person like action game is like because yeah, um, first person shooters were finally getting yeah. popular yeah. by then yeah so it was kind of like some there were like older gamers who liked metroid who probably preferred the 2d but i think they kind of like shot themselves in the foot right like you try to release a 2d side-scrolling game compared to a first person like dude people are obviously going to choose the the first person so i thought that was really interesting that they did that and how they did it uh and then like i don't know if y'all knew too but um so, so this is did, did you know that 
Other M is the prequel to this game. And uh, and I remember you you know that it's the sequel to Super Metroid, right? I don't know if you either. Yes, I I know I looked up the timeline for all the games. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh the order is Do you want me to say the order? You can if you want, yeah. Yeah, so the first Metroid is first, obviously. Yeah. And then the Prime games. Yeah, Prime. And then after the Primes, like 1, 2, and 3, then you get Samus 2. I mean, uh, Metroid, Samus's Return. Yeah, Samus Metroid 2. 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that is Super Metroid. And then after that is Fusion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And then you get. And then you get uh, Metroid Dread. Yeah. So, yeah. so I just thought that Other M was, I don't know. Oh, I forgot about Other M. Yeah. yeah. Well, Where's it, Other M? It's after Super Metroid and before Metroid Fusion. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, dude. Well, yeah. But it's funny, though, because Other M came out so much later. Mm-hmm. But they talk. But she talks about in in Metroid Fusion. She talks about the guy that comes out on other M. So they Adam, did a pretty uh, good Adam. job. Yeah. And honestly, that's the kind of the whole reason they made other M was because in Fusion they bring Adam Malkovich. He's never been mentioned ever before in any other game. And so when he they were making other M, the creator was like, "I want to tell the story of Adam." Which and, and what it meant to her, right? Why he's so important in Fusion, which is a good thought, but uh, people just didn't like. I hate that game so much. That's why I like I, the game. Oh man, that's why I don't know if you ever played it or heard of it. Other M, it's on the Wii, Metroid. Other no, I, I've heard of it, um, but and that's why I was gonna uh, chime in that the only other Metroid that I've actually played and not very long uh, was Prime. Back whenever it was about oh, yeah. to release, you know, back in the day when like Walmart had the uh, the big the, the TVs up high and mm-hmm. there was a controller down mm-hmm. low, and you'd you know play with like breaking your neck looking up just to play it a demo of it. Yeah, I remember playing it then and thinking like it was amazing. I didn't know what I was doing, but it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the only other exposure I've had to a Metroid game. Yeah, and Prime is is really epic. Two two last things I just want to say real quick was. Uh, uh, I looked up the sales for the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so Metro Fusion sold up to, I think, like recently. It, it's sold 1.6 million copies, right? And so just as a comparison, uh, the number one selling Game Boy Advance game was Ruby and Sapphire, Pokemon Ruby. They've sold combined 16 million Gee. 16.2 so compared to the 1.6 million that metroid fusion sold uh i think it's kind of like one of the reasons why like i think the prime and fusion releasing kind of affected that but i think that's why we don't really get a lot of metroid games anymore and just a comparison like it's the 23rd best-selling game and 22 it's also is final fantasy tactics advance then it's metro fusion and then 24 is Kingdom Hearts, Chain of Memory. So it's got like, it's, it's in between some weird uh, games. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how much, huh? How much did uh, Final Fantasy Tactics do? It's 1.6 million also. And Fusion oh, is yeah. like 1.6 million. So, kind of like roughly. 
close to the same. Yeah. Different time, man. And then a lot. Yeah. I also said, like, uh, first person shooters were on the rise, like, with even better storytelling, too, and better graphics. And, like, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a thing back then. Yeah, that's, that's what everyone, that's basically the future. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the last thing I just, I thought, um, I know, I don't think you guys have played Dread, but Metroid Dread, the newest, it's the it's the conclusion of the arc, right? The story arc of the Metroids of the 2D games. So it's after Fusion. And it's actually 20 years ago, Fusion came out. So this year, 20 wow. years. So it's been 20 years. It's been 19 years since they released another 2D game to continue that story. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. And I'll say, like, if, if, I, if y'all enjoyed Fusion, Dread is really good, too. It's really cool because it, like, kind of culminates even story-wise. Like, uh, it, the ex-Parasite actually makes an appearance in Dread. Mm. So you kind of you get the conclusion of the ex-Parasite thing. And Esteban, I don't even think, you probably don't know because they don't even bring it up in Fusion, but they talk about the Chozo. I don't know if you know the Chozo are, Sasso. That's like the race of aliens that uh, pretty much raised Samus. That's why Samus has a power suit and no other humans have a power suit like Samus because she was raised by these alien race and they infused her with this suit to survive. And so it kind of concludes that story too. You see a lot of Chozo and Dread. So uh, I thought those were pretty interesting points. So y'all should uh, ever want to try Dread. Let you I mean, to be, to be honest, <laughs> like talking about all this makes me want to like play all the almost all the games like to learn all the story yeah. it's, just, it's so intriguing like and like i said like i didn't know all the full backstory and everything to metroid fusion but just the, everything that yeah. the, the, the game set up you know, within the context of that mission like made me more interested in the yeah. world and like everything else around it and samus too obviously yeah it, it's got some it's got some really cool stuff so uh, so yeah that's pretty much pretty much what I had some just facts nice. So, yeah, man, I think everybody found uh, Metroid Fusion uh, enjoyable. It was a good game. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any nostalgic feelings towards it, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I, I think that it it still holds up even today. I, I'm, get, I'm saying that, like, even, they even made a Metroid Dread because of, like, it still holds mm-hmm. up. Like, like uh, and... Uh, it's a great game to like just pick up and start playing. So, um, should we do a rating system? <laughs> yeah, we can. And I'll just say, Sauce, dude, you're like close to finishing it, man. Like, literally, like, power through a couple more hours and you'd be done with it. So, like, five more hours? <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much you die. Well, what's interesting, the, the, the last couple of bosses come one after the other almost. I, I feel like it, it, it picks mm-hmm. up a little. I've, yeah, there's like yeah, less I feel like there's filler. Nonstop bosses now. Yeah, it does. It picks up yeah. pretty quick. Once I give you your three D oh, printed grip, right? you can you can give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think once you give me the grip, uh, then I'll pick it up again and start playing it because it's a little difficult to play it mm-hmm. with with how I'm playing it right now. So, but uh, awesome, man. Um, how do we rate it? Stars. It, or- do we rate it one through five? Since there's five. Metroid. <laughs> Let's rate it. How many M's do you give it? What does other M even mean? Like other me- Metroid, other Metroid. <laughs> it's just a other Metroid game. 
I hate that game so much. <laughs> but it's not considered an actual like Metroid game though. Like it's it's a side game like Prime. Yeah, yeah. It's, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So me, uh, Metroid Dread is considered five, right? Yeah, it's Metroid Five. So Fuse is Metroid Four. Dread is Metroid Five. Yeah. So out of five M's, out of five Samus, how many Samuses do you give it? I mean, it's just nostalgia talking for me, but definitely five out of five. Just because even just going back yeah. to it, I just all those feelings came back and not just nostalgic feelings, but the feeling of like accomplishment, the feeling that, uh, you know, fear, even the ambience and learning the controls. Mm-hmm. It was just so satisfying and so cool to play again. Even the, the music is so good in that game. Um, so, yeah, five Samus is out of five, I, I would say. <laughs> Brian. Of of the 2D Metroids, I've played three of them. I haven't played the first two. I've played Super and Past, Super Metroid, Metro Fusion, and Metroid Dread. And Fusion is probably still my favorite, even over Metroid Dread. Wow. And I'll I'll say it because like maybe because of how short the game is and how it's mission style, dude. I just feel like it's so focused, right? You're so focused, like every moment like matters, and like you're not really like backtracking too much. You don't. You can't really get too lost. You can get stuck, but you can't really get lost, right? And so I feel like it's so focused, and it's it's such a like experience from start to finish. Uh, it's five of five. It's my favorite, even above Dread. So much I love you. Wow, nice. Um, I definitely, like I said, I enjoyed it. I think the only thing that I had an issue with was uh the controls because I the way I played it. I think I feel like even if I did play it on the Game Boy Advance, I would have still had the same issues just because my hands are so big. But besides that, story wise it was good. Gameplay was good. Um just yeah the like the the suspense the the feeling of suspense of like running away from sex. Yeah. You know sex. um I'm gonna call him sex. <laughs> yeah. Sex. Sex. That, that huh? always went through my mind when I read the name S A X, like sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, so I'll, I'll definitely give it four M's uh, because it's, it's a great game. Other than just the the controls, um, just you know me having to take breaks. But besides that, I, I, it didn't really bother me that it was hard to play. Um, it just made me want to keep playing mm-hmm. it. So yeah, so yeah, it's a good game. Definitely uh, suggest people to play it, pick it up, and uh, you know, start playing it. There's a, I think a, there's so many ways to play these these games now. Um, that anybody can do it really. Um, have you heard of that? Uh, oh gosh, what's the name of that pocket digital pocket? Or yeah. I have to look it up now. I just you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it just came the analog out. pocket. Yeah, like, and you can plug in your Game Boy games, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance and stuff. Mm. Yeah, and it has so much more, like, uh, options for, like, colorization, like, for, like, if you want it to look exactly like the Game Boy with the green tint, like, you can do it that way. And oh, I, heard, okay. I heard that the screen is, like, it's almost as good as, like, your iPhone screen, right? Is what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's a 1080, like, I think. The screen it looks it looks pretty epic. Mm, it might be a four twenty four eighty, I think. Do you know how much it costs? I don't know. I don't. I didn't get the price. It's like two hundred, three hundred bucks. 
it's like a full-fledged console they're trying to sell. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's expensive, uh, yeah. but like every review that I've heard about it, it's like amazing. Obviously, I think if I'm, you can afford yeah. it, it's cool to have. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I, I guess, but it's it's good. Yeah, if you can afford to get if you it, you can afford but then it. You right? still have to have the physical game. Yeah, you gotta have those those retro games. Like I have a few yeah. that I could play, but like I don't know if it's worth. I have like ten or whatever. I don't know. If, Think two hundred is worth to play ten games, ten old games. <laughs> yeah, I think if you had a really good collection, then yeah. yeah, go go for it. But I don't have a lot of physical media, so <laughs> I'm I'm trying to protect it as much as I can possible from my wife. But <laughs> there's only so much I can do. Nice. So, all right. Well, man, um, that was fun. I'm I'm excited. Um, for next the next game that we have to play. Um, Brian, what's our next game that we're playing? Our next game is first generation Pokemon. So Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue. Or if you want to do the remakes, Fire Red, Leaf or Green. Or Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Yellow not a good one? Okay, yeah, so okay. Pokemon is a game that I haven't played, so I would be... Oh, wow. You haven't played I have Pokemon? Picked it up. I have picked it up before, but I never passed it. Mm. It's a hard game to pass, I think, too. You have little so. Pikachu following as a little sprite, like as you're walking around, too. It's yeah. amazing. If you play yellow, though, right? It's, yes. So I'll say, like, I think yellow is really cool, right? Because you can, like, get all the starters. It's, like, it's pretty great. But I think the longer. Now that I've like, I can look back on those two games more. I think Red and Blue are the superior games, just because I think, to me, it has the best intro, like best opening of almost any game, right? Like picking your starter and then like fighting your rival. I mean, dude, it's like one of the greatest opening game like things that to me in all the games. Definitely very so iconic. I think, yeah, dude, it's so great. And so I think like that experience is better than Pokemon yellow and you get Pikachu and then you get all the starter. You can get also it kind of like cheapens like how diverse it can be. Right. So, uh, to me, uh, but I still think if you want to play yellow, it's pretty great. Yeah. I guess we'll leave it for our next podcast. We'll get yeah. into it. What we chose, what starter Pokemon we chose. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I'm not going to ask them. Because I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to my own experience to see how far it gets me. <laughs> and see what... We don't have to do it, but should we, like, each pick a different starter? I don't like for you to be controlling me like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't have to. Okay, well, I just have one question. No, Who's um, going to pick Squirtle I'm... and have a way easier time with Brock? <laughs> Because he gets okay, see, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought, from what I oh, heard, Brock, Bulbasaur is Brock. the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best one. Bulbasaur is the best if, you, if you're just trying to pass the first two gyms, like, super easy. Hmm. And you can call them the best. I think in the long run, World's pretty powerful. Charizard's pretty great. Uh, Esteban, who, do, who, can you tell, can Esteban tell us who he has right now? Because I know he has a file going. Can I? It's also can I? 
Can Esteban tell us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, uh, oh, got, I'm still going to pick one. <laughs> I won't divulge too much more information other than uh, I did pick uh, Charmander. Uh, only because yeah. uh, Charmander holds a very, very big place in my heart. Uh, I just love dragons. They look, they look <laughs> freaking amazing, especially the fire. Like, well, go ahead. Is Goku, dude? No, no. I have a Charmeleon right here. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, okay. Charmeleon. Yeah, I can kind of see. Remember the old, the old school ones you yeah. could buy? The little purple ones? Yeah, I, I have all three. I have Charmander, Charizard, Charmeleon, but I like Charmeleon. That's amazing. <laughs> He's the best. But yeah, I, I, I picked Charmander. I'm looking That's forward funny. to evolving him into Charizard. Uh, I know it's super, so dumb, but like I, I'm playing uh, Leaf Green on... On the Vita, I've been playing it for like a year or something. So I'm trying to do a a, a playthrough with only level one evolutions. So I'm I'm stopping all my guys from evolving. So I'm trying to see if I can beat the game just level one. <laughs> hmm. Playing with the handicaps, interesting. Yeah, dude, I've seen yeah. some cool handicaps. Like if your Pokemon dies, he's like perma dead, <laughs> so you gotta let him go. <laughs> And you, oh gosh! And you can only like catch one Pokemon per area you go to. Oh god! It, uh, they have some playthroughs. It's it's pretty fun to see. <laughs> Anyways, all right, guys. Well, I guess we'll end it for today. Um, that was fun. I'm I'm glad we're back on it. Um, hopefully we'll be able to to pick some fun games to share with everybody. Um, and uh, I think maybe next week we'll choose the game on the we'll podcast. Spin it live. Yeah, we'll do the. We'll, we'll spin it. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, to see and see how that goes. So uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more behind the scenes, but but most likely we are gonna do it. So, all right, guys. Well, it was fun. Have a good one. Um, check us out on uh, Dualcast on Instagram, and uh, we should be on all the podcasts um what do you call them <laughs> wherever you but stream the, like yeah. apple podcasts Spotify. Spotify. there you go yeah there you go wait it's not called the tricast now hey, this is the first episode um <laughs> i don't know we'll we'll take we'll think about a new name so we'll see what happens i don't know it might be too hard to change everything <laughs> on the back end <laughs> It's too hard to change the Instagram name, dude. <laughs> no, it's not like PlayStation, but anyways. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next time. Have a good one and uh, God bless. <laughs> <laughs>